Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Nina Spears, the Baby Chick, and today I'm here with Allison Jandu, a professional consultant who assists families with one of childhood's most important yet daunting milestones, potty training. Allison has helped countless children of all ages. Her custom potty training plans are based on building independence and empowerment, and she thrives on seeing children succeed. She has made it her personal mission to revolutionize the way we think about potty training as a society. Allison is also a mother herself and holds a Bachelor of Science degree from the University of Baltimore. She has written internationally accredited continued education training for childcare professionals and three highly praised potty training guides, The Poop Puzzle, The Wee Hours, and Potty Training for Busy Parents. She really knows her stuff when it comes to potty training, and we're thrilled to have her on our podcast with us today. As you may have guessed, today's episode is all about potty training and how parents can best prepare for potty training. With Allison's amazing experience and expert knowledge, she is sharing her tips that every parent needs to know. Let's get started. Welcome, Allison. Hey, Nina. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited. Yes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Potty training can be such a daunting task for most parents. So we are really excited to get some tips from you about how to best prepare for potty training. I did give a brief introduction about you at the beginning of this episode, but for our listeners, we would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Allison. I am a professional potty training consultant and I'm also a mom myself. So I have two little ones. My son Evan is six and my daughter Layla is four. So I have been down there in the trenches with you guys. I know what potty training is like firsthand in addition to, you know, all the clients and things that I've worked with. I also have written and published three potty training books and a fourth one in the works. And yeah, so I spend my days learning as much as I can about potty training and helping families along this, what can sometimes be a difficult journey. Definitely. Oh, well, we are so grateful that you are basically doing the dirty work for us, doing all that research, (laughs) because it can be so challenging, especially with each child. Do you think it's going to be one way for all children? Like, oh, well, it was this way for my first child, so it'll be this way for my second. And that gets just flushed down the toilet, unintended. <laughs> Very much so. I know. I, I experienced the same thing. Potty training my son was super easy. And then I was like, okay, potty training is cool. Like, why do people complain about this? And then, then I started training my daughter and I was like, oh, right. I get it now. Because <laughs> she, was, she was the exact opposite. So So every child is very different when it comes to potty training. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Well, I'm excited to ask you all these questions because for our listeners, you guys probably already know we have a two and a half year old boy. So we are right in this, this area of potty training. And so I personally am excited to take notes <laughs> and implement <laughs> these with our son because yeah, he sounds more like your daughter, just being a little defiant. And so this is, this is going to be fun, but all right, Allison, we have some questions for you. If you don't mind, we'll get started asking. Yeah, of course. Let's do it. Perfect. Okay. So for us parents to really get started with potty training, what is the best or like most ideal age or times to begin that potty training? 
Yeah, great question. It's probably one of the most popular questions that I get asked. But over the course of my experience doing this, I've kind of honed in the ideal age to be about somewhere between 22 and 28 months for an average child. Of course, that can fluctuate a little bit depending on the situation. But I usually say that instead of age, that actual timing is kind of more important. So you want to look for some particular signs. You can start from the developmental side of things, just basic things, not necessarily potty-related things, but stuff like being able to understand basic direction, mimicking things that adults are doing, an eagerness to please, looking for that verbal affirmation from you and things that they're doing. Those things tend to present themselves around that 22 to 28-month mark. Once you get beyond that, our kids tend to find their independence a little bit more and they start to exert it. And that's when you can be met with some pushback when you start introducing changes to their routine. But from a potty-related perspective, there are some signs that you can look for too. And those would be things like staying dry for longer periods throughout the day. So you probably notice that you're changing less diapers, maybe telling you that they need to have their diaper changed. So that's a great sign of body awareness. And hiding to poop is a big one because that means that they know that they need to go before they actually go. So potentially they could, instead of holding it and going to hide somewhere in their diaper to go, they could hold it and go sit on the potty and go. And then like staying dry for naps and overnight too would be all big indicators. So if you can kind of surround your timing around that and you want to do it in a time where there's not a whole lot of other change going on, so it's not super emotionally challenging for your child to cope with a bunch of changes at once, then that's usually the best time. So you don't necessarily have to focus on that age if you've kind of missed that window. And that's super helpful for us to know and really looking for those essentially readiness signs because that was actually going to be my my next question or what are those readiness signs? So it's that body awareness, them understanding those simple directions, the willingness to please mommy and daddy, those kind of things. Is there anything else that you would add to the readiness signs, you know, the staying dry longer, et cetera? Yeah. So in addition to that, some level of communication is also important for your child to have. So you don't really necessarily want to start before they're able to communicate their basic needs to you in some way. So it doesn't have to be verbally necessarily. So they don't necessarily need to be able to say the word potty or say, I need to go potty, but they should be able to indicate you to in some way, whether it be sign language or just a physical sign of some sort or their body language that that they need to go so that you can help them at those appropriate times. If you try to start before that, you're not really going to have too much success. That makes total sense. Maybe just patting on their diaper or coming up to you saying, mama, and making a, a funny face going to the bathroom. Are those some signs rather than just saying the pee-pee, poo-poo, potty kind of words? Absolutely. Yeah, you definitely, I mean, you know your child best, right? So you probably know things that they're, that they're indicating to you without them even having to say the words. So as long as you're able to understand their needs, then like I said, they don't necessarily need to have the words for those needs yet. That can come later. But just being able to communicate that to you is usually a good sign of them being ready. And kids that have a speech or communication delay do tend to potty train later. And the process takes a little bit longer for them, I think, because those two things tend to be connected. Hmm. That's, that's really fascinating because I was going to say, obviously, parents who have children with any type of special needs, I know that it's going to be a bit longer. I 
personally have a twin brother with autism. So my parents weren't able to potty train him until he was like seven. So it can really be a whole different experience for every parent, for every child. So that makes a lot of sense though, with what milestones they're hitting, especially with speech and and being able to communicate with their primary caregivers about when they need to go potty and how to go potty, et cetera. Exactly. Yes, definitely. What are your like must-have potty training products that we should have at home and on the go? Yeah, that's super important. You want to be prepared, right? You don't want to dive into anything without having all the stuff that you need in advance. I'm pretty simple. You know, you don't have to have a whole lot of fancy gadgets or anything like that. But depending on your kiddo's personal experience or their personal feelings towards potty versus toilet, you can go either way as opposed to like having a small floor potty versus having an insert for the regular toilet. If your kiddo is going to be going to school or daycare, I tend to recommend starting them with an insert on the toilet because that's probably what they'll be using at school and you don't want to have to worry about too much transitional teaching that isn't necessary. You don't want to make more work for yourself than you really need to. Um, But if your child is on the younger side, if they're more petite, if they don't have any past potty experience at all, then I typically recommend starting with a floor potty. My personal favorite is, it's called the Super Pooper Plus Potty by the First Years brand. It always makes me chuckle to say the name. I really like that one because it actually comes with a little built-in footrest so your kids can put their feet up on it and it really simulates a natural squatting position so that they can poop super easily even without having a diaper on. And it also makes really cute sound effects when you push the, the little flush button on top. So it's a really good one and that's by the First Years brand so you can find that online. So are you guys using a small potty or are you using an insert for the toilet? We personally are using an insert for the toilet. I've always been told that when you teach them on a small potty first, you then have to basically train them again to go to the toilet. And sometimes children can be afraid of going on the toilet. So, you know, to just go straight for the big toilet. But we're meeting a lot of refusal, which is going to be one of our questions for you in the future. Okay. So yeah, it's always something, you know, it's fun. But we're past that little age mark that you said is that ripe age because he is definitely independent and has a mind of his own. So pleasing mommy and daddy is not at the forefront of his mind. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that can happen. Well, the great thing about this potty too is that it actually looks just like a little toilet. So it makes that transition easier later on when you do make that change. I find that floor potties tend to be a little bit easier to start off with just because uh, your child can get on and off on their own. So it helps with it helps build that independence. It's less intimidating than the big potty. So if you have a child that's afraid of the toilet or they don't feel secure or stable up on the toilet, then the small floor potty can help. And even if you have to kind of wean them off of that if, at some point, it at least instills the basic building blocks of potty training, and then you can kind of go from there. But both have their advantages. So that would be my thoughts on on an actual potty if you were looking into one. Perfect. No, that's super helpful to know. Yeah, great. So other potty training products that I like are if you're going to be doing nighttime or naptime potty training at the same time, which I tend to recommend, and we can talk about that later if we want to, but for 
bed protection, there's a really great product called Peel Aways Sheets. Basically, it's a fitted sheet and they come in all sizes, but it's a fitted sheet that has waterproof layers. So when the top layer gets wet or dirty, you can just peel it off and throw it away. And there's a clean, dry layer underneath, like ready to go. So it makes it super easy. It's like faster than changing a diaper even. So that's a really great product to have if you're going to be doing your sleep training at the same time as daytime training. And then there's also a really great option for a reward system, and it is called Potty Time Adventures. And this company, the people are super nice, and they've they've found a way to create a, to combine a sticker chart and an advent calendar so that your child can earn stickers and then open a little door on the advent calendar and get a little reward inside. They're little wooden blocks, and I think they come in vehicles, dinosaurs, and farm animals. And they're super cute, and that added mystery, that element of surprise really motivates them to find out what's behind the next door. So it's a really great way to make the process a little bit more fun and to reward and praise them for their successes at the same time. Very cute. Oh, we're going to have to list all of these great products in the, sh- the show descriptions, guys. So don't worry. You can always look there for these show descriptions. I will make sure we list them all. These are awesome. Perfect. Allison, is there any- anything else that you absolutely love? I mean, that's kind of it. You want to make sure you have underwear, obviously. There are so many different kinds of underwear out there. There's really no particular brand or anything that's any better than the other. But you can look for some that that have characters on them that your child is into. That can be a cute motivator. I find that the boxer brief style tends to work well, even for little girls, just because the fit is so much less like a diaper that they won't have that easy muscle memory kind of trigger to to have more accidents in the brief style underwear. You can also go up a size in the underwear too, which also helps with body awareness and it doesn't have that snug fitting feeling like a diaper. So that's really all you need. Perfect. Great tips. So for me, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on pull-ups, pull-up diapers? Okay. Do you want me to be blunt? <laughs> yes, please. We'd love for you to be blunt because I personally, I'm going to be blunt. I don't like them. I don't recommend them, <laughs> but I'm curious. Maybe I don't know something about them. Maybe I'm missing out on some fancy trick. I don't know. So I want to ask the expert, Allison. And so I want to know what your thoughts are on pull-ups. Okay. Well, um, I agree with you. <laughs> I, I don't like them. I don't think they're necessary. I think the only thing that is somewhat beneficial about them is that before you're actually ready to start potty training, they can help your child learn the action of pulling up and pulling down their bottoms. Really, aside from that, they are no different than a diaper. They're just as absorbent. The technology is just it's too good. <laughs> like they definitely serve their purpose in in that regard as far as absorbency, but unfortunately they're so absorbent that it doesn't really allow any actual learning to take place. So, I say save your money, stick with diapers until you're ready to potty train and then just kind of switch over to underwear because I think it's more of a marketing tool to keep your kids in pampers or huggies or whatever longer. You're just taking an unnecessary step really at that point. 
And I'm so glad that you say that because for me, I just found it more difficult. I'm like, great. He has a poop diaper and he has a pull-up on. We'll have him go swimming in our little pool in the backyard. And those swim diapers are are pull-ups. And so if he goes number two, I'm like, oh, this isn't as easy to clean and wipe and all that stuff. So I've just never seen the the benefit of a pull-up for parents who have to clean up afterwards. So that's why I was like, well, you know what? Maybe Allison has some different opinions (laughs) and I want to know. Yeah, I agree with you completely. It's just, it's more work than what it's worth. So I just say, skip those all together. Perfect. Okay. So my next question for you, and you kind of already answered this, but People have always said girls are so much easier to potty train than boys. Even my son's Montessori teacher, she's like, oh, I can easily train a girl, no problem, but boys take forever. And I was like, okay, that's good to know. But now you are the lady who's written the books and helped all these parents. I want to know. (laughs) It's easier (laughs) to train girls than boys. It's a myth. It's a total myth. Gender and sex have no direct impact on a child's ability to potty train or what level that they potty train or what age that they potty train or how easy it is to potty train them. It does not make a difference. There are just as many girls that have a hard time with potty training as there are boys. And there are just as many girls that are easy to potty train as there are boys. Take it from my own personal family situation. My daughter was super hard to potty train. My son was a total breeze. So it's a myth. It really is just child dependent. It's personality dependent and has a lot to do with the way they learn and process information more so than their gender. So that is definitely a myth, myth, myth busted. I love it. Thank you for busting that myth because (laughs) I was starting to believe it because some people were telling me that. I was like, well, maybe boys are harder. (laughs) A lot of people say that. I think boys are messier. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) (laughs) But harder, no, I would disagree. Now we're on to the next thing because we're in the thick of this right now. Toileting refusal. So, Allison, how do you deal with toileting refusal? Okay. Toileting refusal is super common. So don't feel like you're alone. Don't feel like something you've done or haven't done. It's, It's got a lot to do with a couple things. And the first thing would be that control. So it becomes a power struggle sometimes because little kids, toddlers, they're so desperate to maintain some sort of control in their life. They really thrive and rely on that predictability, their routines and their schedules and knowing what to expect. And when all, when potty training starts, especially, all of that kind of goes up in an uproar for them. And their defense mechanism is to try to hold on to that control and to try to kind of fight back the change just because they're resistant to the change. They aren't necessarily afraid of or against the potty. They're afraid of or resistant to the process just because it's different from what they're used to. So there's a combination of that and there's a combination of a lot of times when kids are refusing the potty, it's because they just don't need to go right at that moment. So if you're doing a method where you're kind of like trying to prompt every few minutes or if you have set potty times that you take your child like before nap or after lunch or before they get in the bathtub or something like that, and they're refusing to use the potty then, 
it could be that they just don't need to go. And they're like, hey, lady, why are you making me use the potty when I don't need to do anything? Like, I'm not down with this. <laughs> so that can be one of the reasons too. But otherwise, it's it's more so them trying to hold on. So I like to say to try to give them back a little bit of that control, try to show a little bit of trust and say, okay, you know what? Mommy's not going to bug you about using the potty today. You're a big boy. You know what to do. So the potty's going to be right here. And when you feel ready, you can go ahead and use it. And then try not to bother them about it. And usually a lot of times that tends to be enough to, to get them to turn around. If they feel like it's their idea instead of them being told what to do by you directly, that can kind of be a game changer so that they go ahead and do it themselves. Okay. So I have had my son literally come up to me, say that he is going to the bathroom. And I'm like, oh, awesome. Let's go to the potty. And he'll look at me, no. (laughs) Take a few steps back and continue going in his diaper. And I'm like, oh, Lord, have mercy. Like, this is just something else. And even this morning, I get him up. I start walking him down the stairs and he goes, potty? And I go, do you want to go to the potty? He goes, yes. And so we walk to the bathroom. I get the seat on the toilet. I look at him and he goes, no, 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 potty. (laughs) He just wants to wash his hands. I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, well, I'm not going to traumatize you and make you sit there. I don't want him to be afraid or feel like it's a punishment or anything like that. But I swear that kid just refuses, even when he knows he has to go. So that's where I'm like, I am stumped. And that's where my next question for you, sometimes I'll say like, okay, I'll give you a lollipop if you go on the potty. But I know that some people say, you know, it's not good to do any rewards like that because then They feel like they need to be rewarded each and every time. So what are your thoughts on, well, one, that whole experience I shared, (laughs) and two, on potty training treats, like giving them like M&Ms or a lollipop or whatever for using the potty? Sure. Okay. So first to address the situation you just described. So if he is, is he still wearing diapers then? Or have you changed? Yes. Because I mean, I put him, especially at night, we get up and he's like, oh no, but we have done the diapers because we've recently moved. And with the whole COVID thing, I was like, it's too much change right now. I don't want him to have to go through all of that. Right, right. (laughs) Another, Another change. So we're still in diapers, but I'm like, you know what, in the next couple months, I think we'll have established a good routine. I think we're going to buy the underwear and go for it, but I'm not going to lie. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's understandable for sure. So I find that a lot of times kids won't willingly change it up and use the potty if they do still have access to their diapers. So I think that you'll really start to see things come around when you kind of say goodbye to diapers and you make that transition over because then it sends the clear expectation that, okay, pee and poop only go in the potty now. That becomes the new routine as opposed to, okay, well, you can use the potty if you want. I'm still going to put a diaper back on you. So that might be, it might be a little bit confusing for him. Like, okay, well, so I don't have to do it. Like I can still use my diaper because that's what I feel most comfortable doing. I think once you kind of make that next step and commit to underwear only, lay down the expectation that, okay, we're saying goodbye to diapers and then we're going to put all our pee and poop in the potty now. That will help him kind of have that finality and and realize that the change is is 
for real and that it's not really an option. So I think that would that would help the situation a little bit because kids aren't necessarily, especially at that age, they're not necessarily going to willingly change up their routine when they don't have to just to make you happy. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And what about the treats? What do you think about the like that whole reward to basically bribe your kid? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first I like to make kind of an important distinction between a bribe and a reward because in my head they're different and bribes are bad, rewards are good. So a bribe is something you offer in order to get them to do something that they might not necessarily want to do on their own. But a reward is something given as a recognition for them doing the right behavior. It's a very fine line between the difference between the two, but to put it in simpler terms, a bribe is a cause and a reward is an effect. So a bribe is a cause for them to do something. They get the reward as an effect of them doing something. Um, so it's a little bit different. So I'm a fan of rewards. I'm not a fan of bribes. <laughs> and that makes sense, especially with like the little advent calendar that you were talking yeah. about, that being a fun reward to get if you go on the potty, but kind of saying like, hey, I will give you this or do this maybe beforehand. That's basically bribing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so you want to acknowledge the fact that they have just done the correct behavior. You aren't trying to encourage them to do the behavior behavior beforehand by bribing them with something. So you're you're doing it as a reflection of them doing the appropriate behavior. Because sometimes with bribes, like if you say, hey, I'll give you an M&M if you sit on the potty, then they'll sit on the potty to get the M&M. They still won't go, but you've already given them the reward. So then you're kind of stuck. So, But if you wait and give them the M&M after they've peed in the potty, then they say, oh, okay, this is the behavior that she wants me to do. She wants me to pee in the potty and then I get my treat. So that kind of helps them connect the dots a little bit better. You don't have to do necessarily like a candy or a treat or an edible reward of any kind. You can do you can do something like a sticker or a stamp or like a little party favor or dollar store toy, or you can do, you can even do more of like an experience. Like, okay, if you use the potty, then we'll, we'll walk over to the fire station so you can see the fire trucks or something like that. I do have a blog post that has a lot of reward ideas and options and, and how to use them and then how to wean off of them. If you want to share that in the, in the description too, so that people can reference that just for some extra information. Oh, we would love that. Yes, we'll make sure to include that in the show notes, you guys. So if you're looking for some reward, not bribe ideas, we will have Allison give us her expert opinion on what will, will work and not be a bribe, but a great reward. Perfect. Awesome. Okay, so my last question, I think, on here is what are your potty training secrets when it comes to naps and nighttime? Because we know that daytime is the first thing that we want to 
be successful at first and that naps and nighttime can be a little bit more challenging. And that's why some parents continue to do, you know, um, some like training underwear or whatever it is for naps and nighttime. So what are your secrets to, to tackle those? Yeah, sure. I know this is a big question and I think the thought of nighttime potty training or taking away diapers for nighttime, especially, you know, naps too, but more so nighttime is kind of intimidating for parents to think about because they're just thinking, oh my gosh, I can't imagine all the laundry. I don't have to wake up in the middle of the night every night and deal with that. It sounds like a lot to take on, but kids are actually, most kids are actually ready for nighttime training way before their parents realize. So it's something that you can start thinking about and a really helpful kind of trick or tip that you can use to figure out kind of where you might fall into being ready for nighttime potty training is to to do some nightly what I call diaper checks. And what that involves is just, you can do it either once or twice a night. Twice is better. Obviously you get more information, but over the course of about a week, just try to go in and check your kiddo's diaper. You don't have to wake them up or anything, but just kind of try to feel their diaper because you can gauge usually if the diaper is wet or dry just by touch as seasoned parents by now were able to do that. Um, So going before you go to bed at night and feel it and see how wet it is, kind of make a mental note or jot it down if you need to. And then again, about 20 to 30 minutes before they wake up in the morning and see how wet it is at that point. Because a lot of times what happens is kids are actually holding their pee throughout most of the night and then peeing as soon as they wake up in the morning, which leads to a super saturated diaper, which leads to parents thinking, oh, they've just been peeing all night long. So they're nowhere near ready for nighttime potty training when in fact, that's not the case. So that would be my first recommendation. And then from there, based on the results of that, you can kind of determine if you want to dive in and start. If your kiddo was mostly dry during those diaper checks, then there's really nothing special that you need to do. You would be okay going diaper-free overnight. Just have your kiddo go to bed or go potty before they go to bed at night. Then you should pretty much be good to go. Make sure that they sit on the potty too first thing when they wake up in the morning. If they were still wet most of those nights, you can either wait and do nighttime training once they've gotten a really good grasp on their daytime training, or there are some some tips that you can do to kind of facilitate them being dry throughout the night. Do we have time to go through those? Yeah, please. Because I was going to also ask for the nighttime. I wouldn't think that you would recommend a diaper for them to be wearing if you're afraid that they're going to leak or whatever. So I also want to know what are the training pants or whatever that you recommend for naps and nighttime as well? Yeah, let me address that question first then, because you're correct. It's not always detrimental to have your child still wear diapers for nighttime. If you're going to go that route and keep them in disposable diapers for overnight, it is helpful if you change up the brand that you're using. So at least they look different and you can kind of refer to them as nighttime underwear or whatever. But you can also switch over to a cloth diaper or a cloth training pant, which more so mimics underwear. And it still sends that clear message that the diapers are all gone. So we're still going to try to put all our pee and poop in the potty. It does offer that absorbance factor just for some added protection. It also 
can prevent your child from just sometimes what kids do was they'll just withhold all day until they get their nighttime diaper on and then release in that. And that's not really what we want because first of all, it's not healthy to hold it all day. And second of all, that's not really potty training. Like even though they're not having accidents, they're still not using the potty. So that's not what we want. So that would be how I would handle that first situation. No particular brand preference. I do like the Gerber training pants. I think those are pretty good. They're kind of classic, simple, basic, but they tend to work really well. There's also a company called Pajamas, P-E-E, Jamas, and they make pajamas that have a built-in absorbent liner. So it's kind of like training pants built into pajamas, and that can be a good kind of bridge between when you're ready to start nighttime potty training and when you're still doing daytime potty training. So that could be something too, potentially that you look into. Perfect. Some tips to help with staying dry overnight. There's a couple things you can do. So the first thing that I suggest to parents is to try to limit, if you can, without risking dehydration or anything. And I stress the word limit, not eliminate completely, but liquids after dinner time, if you can. So I like to say to try to keep it to four ounces or less between dinner time and bedtime, whenever that may be. So usually at least an hour time period. The reason for that is obviously so that when your child goes potty before they go to bed at night, they've got the least amount of fluid in their bladder as possible. To take that a step further, you can do what's called a double void. And what that means is having your kiddo sit on the potty at the beginning of your bedtime routine, so like before they get in the bathtub or before you change them into their pajamas, and then again right before they get into bed at night. And having those two potty sits kind of close together, that really helps empty as much fluid from the bladder as possible so that they're really going to bed with an empty bladder. The last resort kind of thing that I that I always say for last because I'm a big fan of sleep. I don't know about anybody else, but <laughs> as a last resort, you can do what I call a dream pee. And that involves keeping a, a little potty in your child's room, gently lifting your child out of bed and onto the potty so that they can pee and then putting them right back to bed. And that just helps kind of, that helps them form the brain to bladder connection that's needed in order to be nighttime potty trained, and it just helps them stay dry through the night. So that's something that you can do temporarily to help them get to to dry nights also. That's helpful to know because I was curious, do we need to get them up a little bit earlier than we normally do to help them avoid going to the restroom as soon as they wake up before you get there? So, so that's helpful to know twice the before bedtime routine and right before going to sleep, and then potentially that dream going to the bathroom would be helpful. So I was wondering about specifically nighttime, how to handle that so that they wouldn't relieve themselves immediately once they wake up. That's a good point too that you make. You really should try to go in and get them either like right before they're waking up, as soon as you start hearing them stir or right as they wake up so that they don't pee in the bed out of habit just from waking up early and just releasing from them being used to wearing a diaper. So, and that's the most likely time to to get pee in the potty and who doesn't like starting the day off with success? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. A question that I have then 
for nighttime potty training, I, I, I would assume that, you know, these parents already have their child in a big boy or big girl bed. They're no longer in a crib, so they can get out of their bed at will. Would you recommend, like, if there isn't a toilet close by, having one of those little toilets maybe in their room to help them go to the bathroom on their own? Or is that not something that you would recommend? You would still suggest that the parent goes in and, and helps them with that reminder. Yeah, great question. I do recommend having a small potty in the room. A little kind of caveat to parents that even if they are in a toddler bed, chances are they will still ask for help going potty in the night, I find. And that's just basically kind of the unknown realm of darkness. They don't really want to get out of bed on their own. If you don't still, I would have a baby monitor in their room so that they can call for help if they need it in the night. And then keeping that small potty next to the bed with like a little nightlight, bright enough for them to see, but dim enough to not keep them awake. That can, it just speeds up the process so that they don't have to fully wake up by going into the bathroom, turning the light on and and all that stuff. It kind of preserves everybody's sleep as much as possible. Oh my goodness, Allison, these were just awesome, awesome tips. I'm very appreciative and I'm sure our listeners are as well. <laughs> so thank you so much for taking the time to to chat with me about all of these amazing tips. Yeah, you're so welcome. I'm, I'm always happy to talk about this topic. And yeah, if anybody has any questions, they can feel free to reach out to me also. Yes. And you can find Allison on her website at pottytrainingconsultant.com. On there, you can find links to all of her social media so you can reach out to her. That's how we found her on Instagram. So we just were like, oh, this is what parents need. We need to get these questions answered. So we're so grateful again for you, Allison. It was great to be on and always happy to talk about this. So I appreciate you having me. Oh, of course. Okay. And guys, our listeners, please share your questions with us on Baby Chick's Facebook page. We'll will be posting today's episode and answering your potty training questions in the comments. As always, subscribe to Chick Chat, the Baby Chick podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hope you guys have a great day. 